0: Someone, <clears throat> someone just asked me if I was ready for the new year, and of course the, the answer is we don't have much choice, huh? It's here, it's here. And how are you feeling about a new year? Uh, a new decade, all right? A new stage of your life. Uh, if you've seen the feelings chart. Could you put that up on the screen there, all right? So <clears throat> how, how do you feel uh, headed into 2020. All right, are you scared? Uh, yeah, there's quite a few uh, Americans that are scared uh, for various reasons. The uh, world scene, uh, what happened uh, with the Iranians, etc. Are you happy? Some of you are sad. Okay, something's happened. A sad event in your life. Are you angry? If if you. Yeah, a lot of you. If you haven't forgiven someone, you're angry. If something's going on that you just can't deal with, anger, okay. Are you excited? (laughs) Yeah, okay. Are you surprised? I'm surprised we made it this far, okay. Uh, You know, 40 years ago, they were saying that Florida would be underwater now. So, you know, hey. Hey. We made it, all right? Are you silly? Nah, none of you are silly, okay? you frustrated. Now, that, that's one that a lot of us would, would have to check off, if we're being honest. Frustrated about our uh, family situation or our finances or, you know, what the future holds. Okay, so we have all these, all these feelings, okay? And, you know, it's really important for us to remember that our feelings are not reality. You see, our feelings are just our reaction, okay, to what we're experiencing right now, what's going on, what's happening, and what we think is going to happen too. You know, most of the things that we're worried about, afraid about are in the future, okay, and we're afraid or we're worried that they're going to happen. And most things that we worry about or afraid of actually don't happen, okay? Yeah, most things that we worry about never take place. And that's really important as we talk about feelings this morning because God wants you to feel. He made you a feeling person. But God wants you to feel love and joy and peace and the other fruits of the Spirit Not fear, not anger, not worry, not frustration. And and God doesn't want you feeling those things because, see, those things cripple us. They they cripple us uh, emotionally. They take its toll. We use up tomorrow's energy with today's problems, okay? Excuse me, I said that wrong. We use up today's energy with tomorrow's problems that we're worried about. God doesn't want us feeling worry and anger and bitterness and frustration because those cripples. They cripple us emotionally. They cripple us physically. They they take a toll on your body. They cripple us relationally. What's going on with you is going to affect the relationship you have with other people, people that you love, people that you need, people that you live with, people that you work with. They take a toll on you spiritually, because see that they they distract us from realizing how good God is, and that God's got it under control. The things we're worried about that we can't control, He controls. See, so see, feelings are very important. They're not reality; they're our reaction to what we perceive to be real. And the whole point of this is, friend, God wants. 2020 to be the best year you've ever had. Really. God wants 2020 to be the best year of your life. And and if God wants that, and if you want that, then God's going to do it. Now, the best doesn't mean that, you know, there's no pain, there's no problems, there's no sorrows, there's no difficulties, there's no challenges. It just means it's the best for good for our whole life. And the catch is that a lot of times that w- we, we think that we won't enjoy what God wants us to do, okay? And, you know, whenever you feel that, because we all feel that. We, oh, man, I know what God wants me to do, but I won't like that. That won't be good. I won't enjoy that. That won't be pleasant, okay? But think about this. With a God who loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross, for you would he then turn around and want you to do things that make you miserable no see that doesn't make sense and God wants 2020 to be the best year of your life and here's how is what we want to talk about today and the answer is pretty simple okay you want, want the best year of your life remember this 2020 and 2020 all right Now, what does that mean? Okay, we'll talk about today. And to help us see what that means, we're going to read about a man who, this man ranks in the top five uh, of persons who impacted the world. He easily ranks in the top five of people who impacted human history. His name is Moses and Moses life was great but it didn't start out great so if yours hasn't started out great and it's not great right now that doesn't mean see that you've reached the final chapter Moses life didn't start out great in fact Moses greatest accomplishments didn't come till after he turned 80 years old You ever thought about that after 80 he led the nation of Israel out of slavery into freedom, a nation of four or five million people. That's pretty amazing after 80. After 80, he received the Ten Commandments. After 80, he uh, wrote the first five books of the Bible, which is 25% of the Old Testament. He did that after 80. Now, some of you here, a few of you here today, you're in your 80s or you're close to it. And you may think think that the best years of your life are over. No. God still has great things planned for you. And if you're a child of God, the best is yet to come. Now, it may not all be here on earth, but it's certainly going to be in eternity. So if you're 80, don't think your life is over, that the best is not to be. Yes, it is. Now, for most of you, then, you're not 80. You're nowhere near 80. You know what? If you're not close to 80, you may actually have a problem. Yeah. you may think, well, you know, when I get older, then then God is going to use me. When I get older, that will happen. Now, we're talking about Moses who all these great things didn't happen until he was 80 years old. But there are other people in the Bible like David and Daniel and Joseph who did great things before they were 30. But see, the problem with maybe not being 80 yet is you may think, well, when I'm older, you know, then God could use me. You know, after I get a good job, you know, then I can focus on my spiritual life. Well, after I get out of debt, then God can use me. After I retire, then I'm going to have more time. And then, you know, then I can serve God. All right. And friend, just if you're waiting to do great things for God sometime in the future, you know what that means? That means you're probably going to waste this year. You won't think this year is the, the year that God wants to do some great things. If, if, if you think that, you know, well, sometime in the future, you'll probably waste next year too. In fact, you'll probably waste your whole life. If, you, if your view of God is, well, God, sometime in the future, when, when the, my problems or needs are all taken care of, well, then God can do his work. Friend, God wants to do great things in you, through you, and for you. In 2020 and I don't know how many of us have thought that already this year it's true just ask God it's true ask God now as I said Moses life it, it he he was a great man top five but his life didn't start out great did it you know the story we're gonna read from Hebrews chapter 11 today the, the summary of his life the great point of his life but let me just catch you up on that his parents we know were slaves in Egypt and the Israelites were they were reproducing so fastly that Pharaoh was afraid that they would become too numerous and then they would turn on the Egyptian nation so Pharaoh ordered that every baby boy born would be killed well when Moses was born the midwives took pity on Moses and they spared his life and they gave him back to his mother and Moses' mother hid him as long as she could but when she couldn't hide him any longer uh, Moses, uh, Moses' mother put him in a basket we know she floated it down the Nile River to save him from genocide not a very good start to your life is it? well what did God do? God had Pharaoh's daughter go down to the river at the exact time that the basket would be floating there. And Pharaoh's daughter saw the, saw the basket, had a servant go get it. it. found the baby inside. She took pity. She adopted him. And Moses became a prince of Egypt instead of a poor slave. And for the next 40 years, he lived in luxury. And he had power and prestige. But then when he was about 40, he found out the truth. He found out he wasn't an Egyptian. He wasn't a prince. He was a Hebrew. Well, that's quite a shocking discovery. And shocking discoveries are sometimes good for us. Sometimes that's the thing that wakes us up. So he started asking questions. He started asking important questions. I hope we've asked ourselves, who am I? What's my life really all about? Why did God create me? Why am I here? What really matters? Pleasure? Is that why I'm here? Possessions? Accumulate things? Is that that why God made me? Is that that the meaning of my life? Or is the meaning of my life the purpose for which God created me? And he came to that realization. And now we go to Hebrews chapter uh, 11, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11. And and here's what God wants us to know about this man, Moses. This is why God put his story in the Bible, so we could learn and grow from this. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. We see this. By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Wow. That's a choice. That's a big choice. That's a big decision. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Let's look at that. He refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. You see, he he had discovered his identity, his true identity. And he chose to be who God created him to be rather than what the world wanted him to be. Moses chose to do God's will over the the wealth and the power and the position and the pleasures that he enjoyed. Verse 26. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than all the treasures of Egypt. Because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger, he preserved or he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Did you see those two words? Looking ahead to his reward. He saw him who is invisible. See, a correct vision will change our life. It'll change what's going on in us. And that's what we want to talk about. 2020 vision seeing what's real, seeing what God has in store for all of us. Now, uh, I read this thought uh, this week, and it, it just blew me away. Someone pointed out that Moses gave up all the things that most of us spend our whole lives trying to get. Pleasure. Possessions, wealth, comfort, ease. Moses gave up the things most of us spend our whole lives trying to get. (laughs) Whoa! why? Why did he do that? Verse 26 tells us he was looking ahead. He was looking ahead to his reward in the eternal world to come. And it was at that point that Moses stopped looking just at fleeting earthly rewards and he looked ahead to the forever rewards God gives. Moses Moses had his vision corrected, all right? So that his earthly vision didn't blind him to his eternal vision. And this is important for us. Do you need vision correction? Okay. How many, what percentage of Adults need corrective lenses, need their vision corrected. Pardon me? Uh, It's not that high. (laughs) I would guess that too, okay? But you know, it's high, right? 75%. At least that's what I read. You know, Madeline may be right. You know, it may be 98%. I don't know. but But don't most of us have... Some poor vision that needs corrected. Most of you here today, most of you adults, you have some, you have contacts or glasses. You, you need vision correction, all right? Physically, okay? Uh, uh, very interesting. More women wear corrective lenses than men, okay? And I don't think it's because men's eyes are better. I think they'd just rather squint and wear those things, you know? Not sure, just a theory, okay? Here's another thing. I read that by age 65, 90% of adults have a cataract, have cataract. It started to grow, okay? It It started to blur or impede their vision in some way. And you can totally lose your vision. So the reality is most humans... Get, get cataracts, 90%. That cloud blur, they even make them blind, okay? Well, I, you know, I was thinking, I think you know, most of us have spiritual cataracts. Things in life that, that dim our vision, that blur our vision, so that we're not really not seeing what truly matters, what truly is important. Moses had spiritual cataracts. But he let God correct his vision. Moses got his vision corrected so that he saw what his life was really all about. He finally saw that doing God's will is, is is better than wealth or comfort or ease or power or whatever it might be. What gave Moses this 2020 vision? Verse 26. He looked ahead. He looked ahead to his reward. And and friend, the reality is it's human nature. To focus on what we can get right now instead of looking to what god will give us in the future because we're earthbound okay what we can see physically uh, it, it, it's much more real to us than what we can't see except with our spiritual eyes paul was like that the apostle paul and one day he had a vision, he saw, one day he had a vision of Jesus Christ, of the risen Christ. He actually saw the risen Christ. And when he did, you see, that, that he said then that all the world's pleasures and possessions look like worthless garbage compared to knowing Jesus. And so, you know, most of us humans, we're not looking ahead. We're, we're just looking around us. You know, what's, what's going on right now, okay? We're not looking ahead. But if you want God to do great things for you and through you, then stop looking at just earthly things and start looking at eternal things. Now, when you're driving, uh, what should you look out, look at the most, okay? The wind sh- through the windshield ahead of you or the rearview mirror, okay? What should you spend the most time looking at? You don't know. That's why drivers in Florida got that bad reputation, okay? I'm always looking around. I'm always looking. Donna, she just gets so upset at me because I'm driving like this, you know. I like to look around, all right? But no, (laughs) to be a good driver, you're supposed to spend most of your time looking straight ahead, okay? Not in the rearview mirror. Not looking around. But see, most of us, we're looking around. We're not looking ahead. We're looking back, okay? And this is what I mean. You know, those feelings of sadness, hurt, frustration, okay? You know, a lot of those are caused by the fact that someone has hurt us in the past. And so we're looking back. We remember that? And if we don't forgive them, we're just going to keep looking back at that event in the past instead of looking ahead to the future to what God wants to do in and through us. And friend, we can't change the past. We can't undo things. that have been We cannot change the past. So don't be a slave to the hurts of the past. You can't change another person but you can change your future if you'll forget them. Most of us are looking at the visible world instead of the invisible kingdom of God. You've heard the phrase uh, tunnel vision, haven't you? Okay. Now, I like going through tunnels. Okay. When I was a kid, I remember we were going to New York City and uh, my mother told me that we were going to go through this tunnel that went down into the river and then came up on the other side oh, man. Whoa! I thought that was so cool the Holland Tunnel okay go into this tunnel drive for a couple miles maybe I don't know how long it is but then when you get out on the other side what do you see the skyline of New York City is quite a view uh, we have relatives Donna is from Pennsylvania my brother lives there now Uh, when we drive up there i love driving up to virginia because there are two tunnels that go through the mountains okay now when you're in the tunnel what do you see practically nothing okay the walls on either side a few cars and then you see this hole of light at the end what do you see when you get out oh the one in virginia you just see this beautiful panoramic view of the countryside uh, I like going from the airport in Pittsburgh to the city because you go through the uh, Fort Pitt Tunnel, and when you come out on the other side, there's the three rivers and there's the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, it's just a beautiful sight. Most of us have tunnel vision. What do we see? Just the here and now. What's what's right in front of? What's right around us? Okay. Ask God to get rid of your tunnel vision because total reality is not what you and I are involved right now it's not seeing only the temporary spiritual tunnel vision makes us blind to what's eternal And you see Moses wasn't the only one in the Bible who had tunnel vision most of us do and God wants to relieve us of that see that's that's what God did to Paul too right And he changed him, changed Paul from a murderer to a missionary. And what did Paul write in Colossians chapter 3? Set your sights on the realities of heaven. See with your spiritual eyes that Jesus Christ, the risen Christ, and the king of kings is on the throne. And he's got everything under control. And he wants to do great things in your life. Think about the things of heaven. Not just the things of earth. The writer of Hebrews said it this way, keep your eyes on Jesus. If you don't, you'll go blind. Go blind to eternal things. It's, it's uh, For the past five years or so, uh, I know a lot of people have encouraged uh, Christians to have a word for the year. All right, Anybody got a word for the year? Yeah, okay. And it's a good... It's good discipline, I think. It's, it's, it's asking God to do something and, and kind of focusing on that word for the year. Let me give you something else that I think is even better. Person of the year. Uh, you know, Time Magazine and other magazines <coughs> Excuse me, will come out with the person of the year. You know who the person of the year is? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. He's the person of every year. This year eternal years think about him set your sights on him as he sits at the right hand of God verse 27 it says Moses left Egypt and that's what he did physically but that's what he did spiritually in the Bible Egypt where the the God's people were in slavery they were in bondage Egypt represents slavery, okay? It represents bondage to something or to someone, you know? And unless we let Jesus Christ set us free, all right, we will in bond, be in bondage to some things, okay? We will have some things that we kind of put ahead of God, or there will be things that have happened to us, That we just don't get over and We don't live in victory. Most of us have someone in our life that holds us in bondage. You know, it's the person that every time you think about them, you think about what they did. And you haven't forgiven them. And they're holding you back. They're crippling you spiritually. Moses left Egypt. What's your Egypt? What would you like to leave this year? it doesn't cripple you anymore so you're not in its bondage anymore so that you forgive so that you go forward instead of looking back what's your Egypt what keeps you from the great things that God wants to do this year will you be like Moses will you have the courage to walk away from it Can you imagine the courage it took for Moses to do that? God gave him the strength. Wouldn't you like to do that too? Walk away from what enslaves you. Want 2020 to be the best year of your life? And 2021 to be the next best year of your life? And 2022 to be the next best year? year of your life ask God to give you 2020 vision so you see what's real what's true what's eternal and not what's just around you and see then your spiritual vision that'll 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 determine your priorities As we close here here's a good question to ask we ought to ask ourselves we talk about asking important questions here's one <coughs> What are the three things that you spend the most time on? What are the three things that you spend most of your emotional energy thinking about? What are the three things that you spend the most money on? Okay. What are the three things that you see the most? focus on the most, all right, for some it's a job, okay, for some it's uh, a hobby, Uh, for some it's, uh, for many of us men, it's sports, okay, Uh, for others it's uh, things, you know, possessions, uh, uh, clothing, things for the house, a car, whatever it is, all right, what are the three things is God any one of those three things? See, he, he's the ultimate reality. He's the ultimate reality. And if you're not seeing him, your vision's poor. And you won't see reality. You won't see all the great things that God wants to do. 2020 vision. Seeing reality. Seeing the Lord Jesus Christ on the throne. Have you ever realized this? That the greatest rewards you'll ever get are the greatest riches that you could ever have. Can't be seen. The greatest riches and the rewards aren't, aren't tangible. They're, they're not earthly. They're not earthly. They're eternal. So getting 2020 vision in 2020 will let you see. Let you see the great things that God wants to do in your life this year. Today. Starting today, this year. Getting 2020 vision in 2020 will let you see the eternal rewards and riches that God wants to give to you. our opening question how do you feel headed into 2020 would you give those crippling emotions back to God would you let him fill you take away the fear and the anger and the worry and the frustration and replace it with love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and humility and self-control see that and make 2020 the best year. Shall we pray? Oh, God, thank you that you love us so much. You, You love us more than we could ever imagine. And what you are going to give us in heaven, your word clearly says... We can't even imagine. We can't conceive of the, the glory of heaven, the, the reward of heaven, the riches of heaven, the joy of heaven. The, we can't imagine it. And we certainly can't see it unless we ask you, dear Father. for spiritual vision, be able to set our hearts and minds on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And one day soon, Christ is going to step off that throne for a second time and come to earth a second time for us who are his followers. Oh, God, I pray that you'll give us that vision so that we live with eternal things in our mind and in our heart we want to see God. We don't want to be blind. We want to see clearly. And we want to let you make 2020 the best year of our life. And friend, if you're... Maybe, you're not, uh, maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior. You think you can work your way to heaven. Well, the Bible's pretty clear you can't, okay? Or maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord, you're just afraid that would just really make you take away all your fun not be the greatest life you could have oh friend it is and if you've never invited the Lord Jesus Christ who died in your place for all your sins if you've never let him forgive you if you've never decided I want to follow him all the way to heaven, do it today do it today. that That's what life is all about. Knowing our creator and knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. Do it today. And Father, would you help us? we We need your help to see eternal realities and spiritual things. And God, I know you will do it. For your honor, your glory, for our good... And thank you, dear Father, that your plan for us is to have the greatest year of our life serving you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.